Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today, I'm going to give my review of AEW's Dynamite. Starting off the evening, we'll go to our first match of the night. It is Samoa Joe versus the Joker in the Owen Hart Cup quarterfinal. Everybody was contemplating who this Joker might be, and that Joker is, or was, none other than John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Elite. The match itself was a really good matchup, man. Back and forth matchup between Samoa Joe and John Morrison, with Samoa Joe keeping the pace of the match. Morrison hits a senton off the top rope on Samoa uh, Samoa Joe on the outside. Joe then hits a devastating shoulder tackle on Johnny Elite in the middle of the ring. Joe then hits a senton on Johnny Elite for a near fall. Johnny Elite then hits a 450 that was a botch on Samoa Joe for a near fall. But Joe ultimately hits his signature muscle buster on Johnny Elite, pins him for the three. And your winner of the match and moving on in the Owen Hart Cup tournament is Samoa Joe. After the match, though, Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal are here to attack Samoa Joe. Lethal ends up hitting Joe with a steel pipe. A couple of things I'm going to say about this opening matchup, man. Number one, it was kind of hyped up on who this Joker was going to be. There was a lot of, no- a lot of notable names out there that who this Joker could have been. Cesaro, Johnny Gargano. That's just the name of a couple. You know, so John Morrison, obviously, you know, was let go with WWE. I did not see it being John Morrison whatsoever or Johnny Elite. Um, is it great to see Johnny Morrison in or John Morrison in AEW? I think it's fantastic. I really do. I mean, from the stuff that my thing is, if you take somebody out of WWE as far as what they've been doing, you know, creatively wise in WWE and put them into a whole different company such as AEW, New Japan, it kind of takes the handcuffs off these men and women to actually showcase their skills and craft and what they can do in the ring. Now, I'll give you guys a prime example. You know, Johnny Morrison, when he was Johnny Mundo in, let's say, Lucha Underground, he put on fantastic matchups with the likes of Prince Puma, Alberto Del Rio. He put on fantastic matchups for Lucha Underground. So I'm hoping if he does sign an exclusive contract with AEW that we're able to see some of that Johnny Mundo stuff from what he did in Lucha Underground into AEW because I feel like if we get that same John Morrison that was in Lucha Underground into AEW, it's going to be absolutely insane matchups that John Morrison can have with an AEW. But hats off to Samoa Joe for getting the win in that matchup and moving on in the Owen Hart Cup tournament. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. Now, I might butcher this name, so please forgive me. Uh, it is Kon- Konosuke Takashita versus Adam Page. I thought this was a great match. Back and forth matchup between Takashita and Page with Takashita and Page exchanging in the middle of the ring. Page hits a moonsault off the top rope on the outside on Takashita. Page and Takashita both again exchange. Takashita then hits a blue thunder bomb on Adam Page. It looked absolutely brutal. Page then hits a tombstone on Takashita for a near fall. Takashita then gets up, hits a last ride on Adam Page for a near fall. Page then gets up, hits a buckshot Larry on Takashita. And then Page hits a GTS to kind of, you know, pay homage, if you will, or kind of send a message to CM Punk hitting the GTS on Takashita, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Adam Page. After the match, though, you can see CM Punk walking down to the ring, holding his arms up, and then Adam Page obviously holding up the AEW World Championship. This is just highlighting the match that they're going to have at double or nothing. That's going to be absolutely insane. And the other thing I'm going to say, too, about this matchup is Takashita. And again, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, but that's the best way I can pronounce it right now. Um, Takashita, man... Really kind of took me by surprise. This was the first time I actually seen him in the ring. 
And there's a lot of potential for this guy, man. This guy has a lot of potential. And honestly, he gave Adam Page a run for his money to a point where I thought Adam Page might take the L in that matchup. I mean, Takashita is going to be a force to be reckoned with within AEW. Uh, probably a future world champion, in my honest opinion, man. I'm calling it, you know, as I see it. I think Takashita is severely underrated. Obviously, he's just getting his feet wet in AEW. But he's going to be a star in the making in AEW, man. He's a force to be reckoned with. So I definitely look forward to what's going to happen next with Takashita. But hats off to Adam Page for getting the win in that matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is a tag team matchup. It is Keith Lee and Swerve versus J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. I thought it was a good match. Back and forth matchup between Lee, Swerve, and J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry with Keith Lee and Swerve keeping the pace of the match. But Keith Lee and Swerve ultimately hit the finish. Pins for the three, and your winners of the match are Keith Lee and Swerve. After the match, Keith Lee grabs a mic. Keith Lee says that him and Swerve are now a him and Swerve are now a top five tag team in AEW. After he says that, Ricky Starks and Hobbs make their way down to the ring, and they say that they are the next team to challenge Jurassic Express for the AEW Tag Team Championships. After that, Jurassic Express make their way down to the ring. Christian says that a triple threat tag team match for the AEW Championships Tag Team Championships will be at double or nothing, which is going to be absolutely insane. And then, uh, like I said, man, there's been a whole lot of hostility between Jurassic Express, Swerve, Keith Lee. This is going to be, and obviously, Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs. This triple threat match for the AEW Tag Team Championships at Double or Nothing is going to be absolutely insane, man. And to be honest with you, could I see Jurassic Express dropping these titles? I could, in my honest opinion. I, I think Keith Lee and Swerve are doing a fantastic job. Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs are doing a fantastic job, too, as well. But I think it's time for Keith Lee and Swerve to have championship gold around their waist. And I think what better way to do that to get this win at the triple threat tag team matchup at Double or Nothing and become the new AEW tag team champion. So it's going to be a fantastic night at Double or Nothing, man. And this tag team matchup, this triple threat tag team match, is going to be absolutely insane at Double or Nothing. But hats off to Keith Lee and Swerve for getting the win in their matchup. Moving on from that, we go into next part of our night in AEW. It is MJF's 10 lashings on Wardlow. Uh, and it's exactly how it went down, man. MJF ended up hitting Wardlow with a belt 10 times. And like a savage that Wardlow is, man, he just sat there and just took those lashes and just laughed in MJF's face, which obviously irritated MJF. MJF then goes for the 10th lashing on Wardlow, but he ends up hitting a low blow on Wardlow. MJF then hits Wardlow with the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And then Spears hits a Death Valley driver on Wardlow in the middle of the ring. A couple of things I'm going to say about this too, man. This segment between, or storyline, I should say, between MJF and Wardlow is some of the best television that I've seen in AEW. One of the best. I, I can honestly tell you that. And people may hate MJF, but you got to give the guy credit, man. People love to hate MJF because he's one of the best heels in the industry right now. You know, and a lot of people hate him. A lot of people hate him. But you got to give credit where credit's due. He's one of, if not the best heel in the business, and he, put, and he pulls it off very well. And the storyline between him and Wardlow is just absolutely perfect. You guys, MJF and Wardlow, two best friends. You know, the Wardlow being the bodyguard of MJF. Obviously, Pinnacle was a big stable as well. Uh, in AEW, it was a fantastic stable. But, you know, obviously, MJF and Wardlow had a falling out. And now we're going to get an impromptu match here soon. Probably at double or nothing, if I had to assume between MJF and Wardlow. And the way they've been building Wardlow as of late in this storyline, man, and I've said this multiple times, 
It reminds me of Goldberg when he debuted in WCW back in the day in the mid-90s, man, mid to late 90s. It's exactly the same. I mean, having Warlow come through the back, no entrance music. He's being escorted with security. He's handcuffed to the ring. No entrance music. And it's creating this monster, this, you know, this glorified character of what Wardlow is, man, the master of mayhem. And honestly, when all bets are off and when this match actually comes down to double or nothing possibly, I think Wardlow is just going to absolutely destroy MJF. I mean, I'm talking a symphony of pay-per-views that he's going to hand out to MJF. It's going to be absolutely insane, man. This is one of the best storylines right now going on in AEW. And I can't wait to see the final product with these two guys square up in the middle of that ring, man. It's going to be absolutely insane to see. Uh, moving on from that, though, we go into our next match of the night. Is another? It's another Owen Hart Cup tournament quarterfinal matchup. It is Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly. I thought this was a great match, man. Uh, back and forth matchup between Phoenix and O'Reilly with Ray and O'Reilly exchanging in the middle of the ring. Phoenix hits a senton on O'Reilly to the outside. Phoenix then hits a springboard spin kick on O'Reilly as well. Phoenix hits an enziguri. And then Phoenix goes for a cutter on O'Reilly, but O'Reilly counters it with an arm bar, and your winner of the match and moving on in the Owen Hart Cup tournament is Kyle O'Reilly. Hats off off to Kyle O'Reilly for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we have a William Regal and Chris Jericho face-to-face, if you will. Jericho pretty much mocks Regal and all, everybody that was in the ring, including Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, Brian Danielson. Jericho said that uh, Regal visited, uh, Regal was a wasted talent throughout his entire career, whether it be in WCW or NXT, and that he got fired from every company that he worked for. Regal then does the same thing and mocks Jericho. Jericho said that he wants everybody wants to match, and Jericho then mentioned the stadium stampede. Moxley quickly said no, that he's not going to do that. And Eddie said that he Eddie Kingston said he wants to fight now. A couple of things I took away from this face-to-face between Regal and Jericho, man. Number one. It's awesome to see William Regal in AEW. I mean, the Blackpool Combat Club has done a fantastic job since they came to fruition, man. And that, that team between Wheeler, Yuta, Danielson, and Moxley, absolutely fantastic. And the reason why Wheeler wasn't actually on Dynamite last night is because I believe he's actually in the Super Juniors tournament over in New Japan. So, you know, hopefully he's doing really good over there in that tournament because the Super Juniors is always crazy for New Japan Pro Wrestling. But uh, it was kind of nostalgic a little bit to see William Regal and Chris Jericho you know, kind of having a face-to-face, man. I mean, these guys, you know, obviously William Regal was a part of NXT and Jericho, you know, was on the main roster. But it wasn't like, I feel like they got, they didn't really bump heads or really got a chance to really talk to each other one-on-one, whether it be on screen or, you know, off, you know, off screen. You know, and obviously when Jericho went over to AEW, Regal was still a part of NXT and then he got let go. And to see these two guys kind of have, you know, a moment in, you know, AEW last night. It was kind of nostalgic, man. This was kind of WCW vibes from back in the day because Regal and Jericho had a lot of good matches in WCW. They really did. And, you know, and, and Jericho was not, you know, he was pulling all punches, man. He even mentioned John Moxley's time when Moxley was taking some time off for alcoholism when he was in rehab. And I felt like that was maybe too soon for Jericho to say that. A lot of people were kind of like, wow, you know what I mean? I can't believe Jericho went that far. But, I was kind of hoping, and maybe I'm just the only person saying this, when Jericho brought up the stadium stampede and Moxley quickly said no, I was kind of hoping that we would get a William Regal NXT moment where he maybe pronounced, like maybe he would say like war games or, you know, how about blood and guts, which, I mean, it still could happen. But I was kind of hoping for that maybe William Regal NXT moment where he would say, okay, let's have this match in blood and guts because 
I think that match would be awesome if it was in Blood and Guts. And we get the Steel Cage, the War Games-like match, if you will. It'd be absolutely insane, man. But I agree with Boxley. I do not want to see another stadium stampede. I feel like that whole thing, that whole stigma around stadium stampede has kind of ran its course. They did it already a couple of times. It's just, it's not needed. Uh, the Blood and Guts cage match, I would love to see that between these two teams. I think it'd be absolutely insane to watch, man. And hopefully we might get that at Double or Nothing or, you know, something like that. That'd be absolutely insane because it looked like Jericho and Moxley were kind of hitting around that they didn't want a standard tag team matchup. So maybe we might get a still cage Blood and guts kind of match. So, I mean, it's still up in the air, man. But this whole storyline between the JAS and Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and now obviously the Blackpool Combat Club, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next, man. So, I thought the face off between Regal and Jericho was absolutely awesome. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Britt Baker versus a Joker in the Owen Hart Cup quarterfinal matchup. And everybody was kind of speculating who this was going to be. Some people even mentioned Candice LeRae. A lot of people, including myself, have mentioned Ember Moon, uh, Tegan Knox. We did not get that at all. The Joker that was actually going up against Britt Baker was none other than Maki Ito. Uh, Maki Ito came uh, came out to the ring to me in crickets. I mean, nobody would even – I don't think anybody kind of knew who she was initially until she got into the ring. I mean, she came out to crickets, man. Uh, the match itself, it was a decent match. Back-and-forth matchup between Baker and Maki Ito with Baker keeping the pace of the match. Baker ultimately applies a lockjaw on Maki Ito, and your winner of the match is Britt Baker. A couple of things I'm going to say about this quickly, man. The Jokers. Let me just start with the Jokers. Number one, the Joker for Samoa Joe's match, it being John Morrison or Johnny Mundo or Johnny Elite. It wasn't a bad pick from Tony Khan to pick John Morrison. I think there's still a lot of potential for John Morrison. Um, and like I stated earlier, man, if we can get the same Johnny Morrison or John Mundo Johnny Mundo that we got in Lucha Underground coming into AEW and doing some of the same stuff he did over in Lucha Underground, that would be absolutely insane. I think I think there's a lot of potential for John Morrison. Obviously, he had the botch in that matchup with Samoa Joe last night where he hit that 450, and it was a botch. But I think John Morrison would be great working with AEW. There's a lot of good talent on that roster. I think a match between Johnny Elite versus Dante Martin would be a fantastic matchup, to be honest with you. Now, the Joker for the women was a humongous letdown. In my honest opinion, man, look, there might be some fans out there that are Maki Ito fans. Hey, God bless you. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and say that this woman is not a good wrestler or she can't wrestle. I'm not going to say that because there are female talents out there and male talent that can't wrestle. But nobody really, in my honest opinion, in that crowd that night, it seemed like everybody was highly upset that she showed up. And not at Ember Moon, and not a you know Candice LeRae, not a Tegan Knox, none of this. So it does beg the question: Why in the hell is Tony Khan not adding these people to this tournament, even if it was a one-off? Why not? If this man's all about making money and having people on that roster that can make him money, now I know there's a lot of people out there saying the roster's bloated and all this. That is BS, man. Yeah, maybe for the men's side of the roster, but the women's side of that AEW roster is severely lacking depth as far as talent. Because and you, you can't say that it's not because we're getting the same damn people going up against each other on a consistent basis week in and week out, man. And the well's running dry. I mean, how many times have we had to see a Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose? Or prime example, how many times did we literally had to see Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta? Which I want to get into that whole Serena Deeb thing too because I wasn't a big fan of that either. But how many times we're going to get the same matches with these women rinse and repeat? I mean, there's women in town out there right now that can wrestle and really steal the show. And I hate using this term about, 
you know, being, you know, pushing the needle as far as, you know, views and, you know, really getting eyeballs on a product. But there are some names like Tegan Knox, Ember Moon, Ember Moon showing up at AEW would blow the roof off that place. Prime example, when John Morrison came out to the ring to fight Samoa Joe and it just said Johnny Elite, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that probably thought it was going to be Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano would sell out. I mean, as soon as he debuted for AEW and he signed officially and he had a T-shirt for AEW, it would sell out probably uh, probably under five minutes, to be honest with you, if not sooner than that. I mean, it's crazy. Now, I know some people are like, well, you know, you can't sign everybody that's, you know, from WWE that got let go. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is, is that you're now you have AEW, you also have Ring of Honor. That's a whole roster that you have to fill for Ring of Honor that you do not have right now. And nobody knows what the hell Ring of Honor is even doing. They found a trademark for the new logo, which I think the new logo looks it looks like trash, in my honest opinion. And then you have that show with, with nobody. There's no build. You had that one event, and then that's it. There's no more talk about Ring of Honor. The only thing latest have, about Ring of Honor has been the new logo. And then you put Brian Cage on Ring of Honor for that Supercard show, and you haven't heard shit from Brian Cage since then. So you had to you had to ask yourself, okay, well, the roster's too bloated. Yeah, like I said, maybe for the men's side, and they made the you know adjustments that they needed to fill that roster. Obviously, this Tony Khan is a man that wants to make money, not somebody that wants to put on wrestling matches just for the hell of it. He wants to give the fans solid matchups. Now, I don't know who controls signing the women or whoever or her, you know, to the roster or who's booking the women on AEW. The last time I heard about it, I think it was Kenny Omega. Look, man, I, I get it. There's a lot of notable talent over in stardom and over in Japan, but there's also a lot of female talent that have been let go, that have been wrestling for WWE that got let go, that are looking for work. Tegan Knox, I mean, uh, Ember Moon, Candice LeRae. You know, Dakota Kai is going to be a free agent here soon. You know, Ever Moon has been on the shelf for a while now, and nobody's bringing her to the spotlight, which I I think that's BS, man. I do. You know, and I, again, I'll, I will fully go and admit this, and I will die on this hill by myself. When I said Tessa Blanchard would be a good addition to AEW, I, will, I, I, I still mean it. But at the same time, too, I know what baggage she brings to the table. You know, there was a lot of baggage that she had, you know, even before she was mentioned in AEW. I mean, a lot of people thought she was going to WWE, but – all this information started coming out about Tessa Blanchard and nobody wanted to work with her. Now she's was working with wow, but it looks like her and wow are kind of having like a, you know, a little disagreement and they're kind of maybe going their separate ways. So nobody wants to work with Tessa Blanchard, but as far as in-ring talent, in-ring ability, yeah, Tessa Blanchard has it. She has the look, she has the ability. Why wouldn't you sign that person to a contract like AEW Ember moon? She cares about women's wrestling. And this is gonna, and this will be a sidebar of what I'm going to be leading into. There's women out there that care about women's wrestling. Prime example, Sasha Banks and Naomi, the, the hottest topic right now in professional wrestling. Was it last Friday or last Monday they walked out, went to John Laronitis' office, dropped off the Women's Tag Team Championships, and walked out, you know, right when the show started. Why? Because Sasha Banks is getting tired of being used and not being in the spotlight that she deserves. She's being undervalued. She's a superstar, you know, and, and she's not being used to her fullest potential. You know, and some people say, well, maybe she convinced Naomi to walk too. This is some of the best work Naomi's done in her Naomi has done in her career. There was also heavily rumored that she was supposed to join the bloodline with Jimmy and Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. As far as I'm concerned, Naomi's done some of the best work she's done in her whole career in the past six months to a year. 
that she's done throughout her entire career, in my honest opinion. And Sasha Banks, I mean, they wanted Sasha Banks to have the help have Sasha Banks to help Ronda Ronda Rousey get over. It just ain't gonna work, man. And the reason why this relates is because there's women out there like Ember Moon who did that awesome interview not too long ago, talking about how much she loves women's wrestling, how much she cares about the product. Why would you not want a woman like that on your roster? And a name like Ember Moon, obviously she won't come into AEW as Ember Moon. She'll probably come into AEW as Athena. But she'll do a fantastic job, and she'll give the fans great matchups. And I feel like when they brought in Maki Ito as this Joker, it was kind of ridiculous, man. And I don't know who's pulling the punches. I don't even know if Britt Baker had something to do with this. And was like, hey, she was my tag team partner. Bring her in. You guys brought her in for a little small stint in AEW for like a match or two. Bring her back in and make her the Joker. So are we just catering to Britt Baker possibly? I don't know, man. It just it's it just seems like something's wrong with this women's division. It's getting very lackadaisical. The other thing I want to get into before I get into the main event is the Serena Deeb uh segment that she had. I thought it was god awful. I really did, man. Look, Serena Deeb, she's she's a really good wrestler. She really is. But her mic skills are horrible. Absolutely horrible. And to be honest with you, you have to ask yourself this question. After this match that she has with Thunder Rosa, for the AEW Women's Championship, what's next for Serena Deeb? She's had so many matches with Sheeta that it's almost like she's trying to do whatever she can to get herself over anymore, and it's just not doing it. Maybe not for me. Because you got five or six matches between Serena Deeb and Sheeta, and it got old. Quick. Real quick. So, again, this goes back to the lack of depth in the in the women's division. You get the same old matches, rinse and repeat. Like I said, what's going to happen after Deeb fights Rosa at double or nothing? It's a million-dollar question. They need more women on this roster, and they're just not doing it. Or notable names. Yes, they brought in Tony Storm. She's a great name, great addition to the women's roster. Ruby Soho. That's two names that they brought in was like, okay, this is this is awesome. But look how long it took them to do that. You know, Maki Ito showing up as a joker last night was a huge L, in my honest opinion. She came out to the ring in crickets, and, and just the match was lacking, man. Other than that, the Owen Hart Cup tournament for both men and women have been fine and been awesome, except for that match with Baker and, and Maki Ito last night. It was a huge L, man, in my honest opinion. But, again, hats off to Baker for getting the win in that matchup and moving on in the tournament. Uh, the main event of AEW's Dynamite was another Owen Hart Cup quarter uh, quarterfinal matchup. It was Jeff Hardy versus Adam Cole. They honestly didn't have that long due to the fact that Thunder uh, Serena Deeb was on the microphone for too long having that segment between – her and Dustin Rhodes, her and Tony Schiavone, her and Thunder Rosa. It was just very cringe, in my honest opinion, man. It really was. Uh, Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole for the main event. It was a, a good match. Cole quickly attacks Jeff Hardy up the ramp. Uh, back and forth matchup between Hardy and Cole, with Adam Cole keeping the pace of the match. Cole ultimately hits a running knee on Jeff Hardy, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match and moving on in the Owen Hart Cup tournament is Adam Cole. Couple of things I want to say about AW Dynamite, man, before I get out of here, man. Number one, it was it was a decent night. It really was. Samoa Joe versus uh John Morrison or Johnny Elite was a really good match. It was great to see Johnny Elite back in the square circle again. And like I said, maybe we'll get a little Johnny Mundo from the Lucha Underground days into AEW if he does happen to sign a contract with all elite wrestling. Uh the other big match that surprised me was Adam Page versus, like I said, please forgive me for the, you know, I might butcher this name here. Uh Kanosuke. Takashita, uh, I, I think Takashita was great. I, I think the guy has a lot of potential. This was the first time for me personally seeing him in in the you know in the ring. 
he did a fantastic job. I mean, he actually gave AEW's world champion a run for his money for a little bit, and he held his own. He really did. So I definitely look forward to what's going to happen with Takashita next. I think there's a lot of potential for him. He possibly could be, you know, maybe a future world champion for AEW. I know AEW's working with uh, the DDT promotion over, I believe, in Japan. So I'm all for it, man. I'm absolutely all for it. And uh, Takashita is going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, within AEW. The uh, MJF segment with Wardlow, the 10 lashes, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal, man. Wardlow just sat there and took those lashes like a savage. And honestly, it's one of the best storylines right now in AEW, hands down, in my honest opinion. Uh, William Regal and Chris Jericho face-to-face, I thought it was great. Like I said, man, this was the first time I think Jericho and Regal kind of had a face-to-face, probably since their WCW days, man. So it was pretty cool. I mean, even Regal mentioned something about how much he didn't really like Jericho back in like the mid nineties, 95, 96 or something like that. So, you know, just a little nostalgia for the WCW fans out there to see these two guys on the microphone, you know, going toe to toe, man. It was absolutely phenomenal to see. Uh, Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly was an absolute banger of a match, man. It was fantastic. And it just shows you how strong this Omen Hart Cup tournament is and how much Tony Khan is actually taking this tournament very, very seriously. And uh, obviously, um, Jeff Hardy, Adam Cole, it was a good match. I just wish they had more time. And the reason why they didn't was because of that awful Serena Deeb segment, man. I just thought it was not needed. And I feel like she's trying to do whatever she can possibly to get herself over and just not doing it. I think people are really, they got tired of seeing her go up against Sheeta constantly. It got old, man. And now you're trying to do whatever you can to get a little bit more spotlight. Now you're getting an opportunity to go up against Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship. And she's mad at it because everybody thinks Thunder Rosa is going to beat her. I think Thunder Rosa is going to beat her too. I'm not taking anything away from Serena D's wrestling ability. I think she's a good wrestler, but I'd much rather see Thunder Rosa carry the title for a little bit more than Serena Deeb win it right now. Thunder Rosa's a bigger name. That's just that's the way it is. Serena D might have been wrestling longer than Thunder Rosa, but Thunder Rosa is the bigger name right now in the AEW women's roster, hands down. So it's going to make for an interesting matchup, but I'm definitely picking Thunder Rosa to beat Serena Deeb at double or nothing and retain the AEW women's championship. So but all in all, it was a decent night for AEW Dynamite, man. A couple other things I wanted to say before I get out of here too, man, is um, Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing is going to be absolutely insane. Uh, I mean, seeing CM Punk versus Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, you have Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb, which is going to be an interesting matchup in itself. And like I just stated, I think Thunder Rosa is going to get the win. I think CM Punk might actually beat Adam Page at Double or Nothing. I really do. A lot of the signs are pointing towards that direction. I know Forbidden Door is coming up soon. That's going to be live in Chicago. It is CM Punk's hometown. So what better way to have that event and your world champion being CM Punk from Chicago, Illinois, and you have the Forbidden Door, man. It just makes for a great storyline and a great homecoming, if you will, for CM Punk being the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, MJF and Wardlow. Looks like it might happen at Double or Nothing, which is going to be absolutely insane. And the triple threat tag team matchup for the AEW Tag Team Championships with Swerve and Keith Lee. Jurassic Express versus Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs is going to be absolutely insane, man. That's going to be a crazy matchup. But this is my review of AEW's Dynamite. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.